Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Good day, havers of good days. It is Thursday, April 2nd, 2020. I am Brian Wilmer. This is Locked on ACC. So glad you were able to join us. A lot to get to today. Another tournament throwback edition of the program. We'll take you back into the 80s again. But before we do, we'll tell you how you can get in touch with us. If you follow us on Twitter, we are at LockedOnACC. You can also email us, LockedOnACC at gmail.com. You can follow me individually. I am at Sports Matters. I would love to hear from you. Love to get your feedback, your takes, your thoughts, etc., etc. Mentioned we had a tournament throwback edition today. We do. We are in the 80s all week. We again go back to the 80s today with another tournament throwback edition. Jump in, fasten your belt securely around you. Let's take another ride. Today, we travel back to 1986, a tournament where a very necessary change took place. I'll tell you about that change in just a minute. But before we do, as you know, we always go back and take a look around the world of pop culture and history and everything else around these years. So we'll start by doing that. We unfortunately start on a fairly sad note with 1986. As you recall, if you lived through it or saw it in your history books or whatever else, the Space Shuttle Challenger disaster occurred January 28th, 1986. A sad moment in our time, in our history. It did spur a lot of changes in the space program, however. But still, very much a, uh, a very disappointing chapter in American history. February 3rd, Pixar Animation Studios founded. April 26th, another unfortunate event, disaster at all. The Chernobyl situation took place April 26th. I know there was a documentary about that fairly recently released. I didn't get a chance to see it, but I'm told it was very good, very uh, thorough, very informational. May 25th, Hands Across America. And I didn't experience this. I didn't live this. I don't know anything about it other than, if you'll recall, VH1 had a series a few years back called I Love the 80s, and one of the things on I Love the 80s was a thing about Hands Across America. Five million people, apparently, formed a human chain from New York City to Long Beach, California, trying to raise money for hunger and homelessness, a valid cause, but an odd implementation of said cause. June 23rd, ListServe developed the first email list management software and probably the first use of Reply All. October 27th closes out our events around 1986. The New York Mets win the 1986 World Series against the Boston Red Sox. And the game before that, the 20 most famous words said by Vin Scully, probably in his career. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight and the Mets win it. I will never forget that call as long as I live. And if you watch MLB Network, they they run it from time to time as well. Your 1986 births of celebrities. 
January 1st, Glenn Big Baby Davis. March 6th, former Pirate and Brave and current Marlin, I think. Francisco Cervelli, catcher, born. Brett Eldridge, country singer, born March 23rd. March 25th, two basketball players born. Marco Bellinelli and Kyle Lowry. March 28th, Lady Gaga, born. These are always interesting to look back on because there's such interesting combinations of people born during these periods. April 1st, Hilary Scott, the lead singer of Lady Antebellum, country band. April 8th, Felix Hernandez, current Atlanta Brave, longtime Seattle Mariner great. April 19th, Candace Parker, collegiate and WNBA star. April 22nd, Marshawn Lynch. May 22nd, Julian Edelman. June 3rd, I can't imagine these two combined, but it's fun to think about. Al Horford and Rafa Nadal, born. June 11th, Shia LaBeouf. June 13th, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. July 2nd, Lindsay Lohan. August 16th, Hugh Darvish, born. August 21st, Usain Bolt. September 3rd, Sean White. October 24th, Drake. If you're looking for somebody to become a fan of whatever front-running team you have, call Drake. And November 24th, Jimmy Graham. Deaths. In 1986, January 4th, Phil Lynott, the lead singer of Thin Lizzy, one of the best bands to ever have two hits. January 14th, Donna Reed. January 24th, L. Ron Hubbard, the Scientology founder. March 30th, Jimmy Cagney passed away. September 4th, Hank Greenberg, the MLB Hall of Famer. September 27th, Cliff Burton, the Metallica bassist. November 29th, Cary Grant, and December 1st, Pro Football Hall of Famer Bobby Lane passed away in 1986. The top three songs, Climax's I Miss You, number three, Lionel Richie's Say You, Say Me, one of the more popular movie soundtrack hits of the 80s, and number one, Dionne Warwick, Gladys Knight, Elton John, Stevie Wonder, That's What Friends Are For, I report. You opine. Top three movies. Platoon, $138,530,565. Number three, Crocodile Dundee. That's not a knife. $174,803,506. And the number one movie of 1986. A movie I saw pretty much every Friday night in college. That's a long story. Top Gun. $176,781,728. So there's your pop culture, your movies, et al. from 1986. Very quickly, a look at the ACC in 1986. As usual, eight teams. Duke wins the league. 12-2 during the conference season. 37-3 overall. Georgia Tech, 11-3, 27-7. North Carolina 10 and 4 28 and 6 NC State 7 and 7 21 and 13 UVA 7 and 7 19 and 11 Maryland 6 and 8 19 and 14 Clemson 3 and 11 19 and 15 and Wake Forest 0 and 14 8 and 21 Your superlatives for 1986 player of the year Len Bias again so tragic that he passed we talked about that in several different Instances on this program, Tom Hammonds of Georgia Tech, Rookie of the Year, First Team All-ACC, Duke's Mark Allery, Georgia Tech's Mark Price, 
Johnny Dawkins of Duke, Brad Doherty of Carolina, Len Bias of Maryland. Second team, Georgia Tech's John Sally, Steve Hale. Steve Hale, that's a name, of Carolina. Kenny Smith, also of Carolina. Chris Washburn from NC State. And Olden Polonese from Virginia. Your all-ACC teams in 1986. Your top 10 scorers, Len Bias, 23.2 a game. Johnny Dawkins, 20.2. Brad Doherty, also 20.2. Chris Washburn, 17.6. Mark Price, 17.4. Mark Allery, 17.1. Horace Grant, 16.4. Alden Polony, 16.1. Dave Henderson of Duke, 14.2. And John Sally, 13.1. They're your 10 leading scorers in points per game and your ACC superlatives. From 1986, coming up next, we'll head to the ACC and NCAA tournaments. Don't you dare move a muscle. This is Locked on ACC. We'll be right back. Time for more on Locked on ACC. I'm Brian Wilmer. I'm your host. I'm from FP Schedules and College Hoops Digest, and I'm here today to tell you about the ACC the NCAA and the world in 1986 on another tournament throwback edition. Let's go to the ACC tournament held in Greensboro at the Greensboro Coliseum. Quarterfinals, the 1-8 game, Duke over Wake Forest 82-63, ending a winless season for the Demon Deacons in the ACC. Virginia beats NC State in a 5-4 upset, finger quotes, 64-62. Georgia Tech knocks off Clemson 79-61, and Maryland by 10 over North Carolina, 85-75, and likely got the Terps into the NCAA tournament that year. Also excluded Clemson. Maryland, 85. Carolina, 75. Semifinals, Duke over Virginia, 75-70. Georgia Tech beats Maryland, 64-62. And then in the championship, Duke slips by Georgia Tech, 68-67, in a battle of top six teams in the nation. Johnny Dawkins, your MVP. Coach K, his first ever ACC title, Duke's seventh as a school. So Duke obviously on to the NCAA tournament. Five other teams from the league joined them. Georgia Tech, North Carolina, NC State, Virginia, and Maryland. A bit of trivia on Virginia coming up when we get to them in the tournament. But one interesting rules change that came out of this tournament before we tell you exactly where everybody landed and where the tournament was played. Along with this being the first tournament ever to use a shot clock, the shot clock, believe it or not, was 45 seconds. If you can imagine a 45-second shot clock, we are nowhere near that now, obviously, but a 45-second shot clock. Also, because of a team in this tournament, it spawned a rules change that took place two years later regarding playing on one's home floor. More on that in a bit as well. The tournament sites in the east, the Greensboro Coliseum and the Carrier Dome in Syracuse, the Midwest, the UD Arena at Dayton, the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome in Minneapolis, the Southeast, the LSU Assembly Center, you might see where I'm going with this, and the Charlotte Coliseum and the West, the Long Beach Arena in Long Beach, California, and the D Event Center in Ogden, Utah, which is, if you're curious, the site of Weber State University. The regional semifinals and finals, the East, Brendan Byrne Arena, 
in the Meadowlands in East Rutherford, New Jersey, the Midwest, the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, the Southeast, the Omni in Atlanta, the West, the Summit in Houston, rest in peace, and the Final Four Reunion Arena in Dallas. Dallas, the 22nd host city for the Final Four. Dallas has not hosted a Final Four since. Not Dallas technically. The Metroplex has. The Metroplex, that being Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington, etc., etc., had the 2014 Final Four at AT&T Stadium, the home of the Cowboys, but Dallas proper has not hosted a Final Four since. Now on to the NCAA tournament. We'll start in the East. Duke, the number one seed in the East. They get the benefit of going to Greensboro, as one might imagine. Duke, however, not the lone ACC representative in the East. More on that in just a second. Duke faces Mississippi Valley State in the 116 game and wins a much closer than one would hope or expect. First game, 85-78 for the Blue Devils. Also, for trivia geeks, one of the odd matchups of Devils versus Devils. The Duke Blue Devils, the Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils. Not that anyone cares, but... We are having fun with this, so why not? Duke goes on to face Old Dominion. The eight-seeded Monarchs beat West Virginia 72-64. Duke takes care of Old Dominion 89-61, advances to the regional semifinals in East Rutherford, where they could have had an all-ACC matchup. However, that didn't happen because you heard on yesterday's program, the 1987 program, how Virginia, as a 5 seed, lost to a 12 seed. That was the second year in a row that it happened because Virginia also turned that trick in 1986. The Cavaliers fall to 12-seeded DePaul in Greensboro, no less. 72-68, the Blue Demons victorious over the Cavaliers. DePaul places four scorers in double figures. Lamone Lampley with 15. Rod Strickland, remember that name, Kevin Holmes and Dallas Comagees, all with 12 apiece Comagees in 23 minutes off the bench. DePaul, 26 of 54, 48.1%. The Blue Demons, 20 of 29 from the line, 69%. Virginia has four double-figure scorers, led by Andrew Kennedy, who had 18 points. Olden Polonese, 13 Tom Calloway, 12, and Tom Sheehy, 10 for the Cavaliers, who were 28 of 57, 49.1% from the field, and a harrowing 12 of 23 from the line, 52.2%. Among those dreadful line performances, Polonese, 5 of 11 from the line, Andrew Kennedy, 2 of 5, and Mel Kennedy, 1 of 3 from the line, for Virginia, who misses 11 free throws in a four-point loss. Yike. DePaul, then after beating Virginia, advances past Oklahoma, who had beaten Northeastern in the first round. DePaul 74, Oklahoma 69, setting up a Duke-DePaul regional semi. Down in the bottom of that bracket, St. Joseph's, this all being in Syracuse, by the way, which we're talking about home floors, St. Joseph's 60-59 over Richmond in the 6-11 game, They advance on to face Cleveland State, 
Yes, 14th-seeded Cleveland State knocked off Indiana that year, 83-79. The fighting Kevin Mackeys. Navy beats Tulsa, 87-68 in the 7-10 game. Then Syracuse hammers Brown on Syracuse's home floor, 101-52. St. Joe's and Cleveland State in one second-round matchup. Cleveland State wins 75-69, so the 14-seed through to the regional semis in East Rutherford. And then we had an upset on a home floor as Navy beat Syracuse 97-85. So you had 14-seed Cleveland State, 7-seed Navy in the other regional semi, along with Duke and DePaul. So you had a 1-7-12 and 14 in those regional semis. Duke beats DePaul 74-67. Navy beats Cleveland State 71-70 in an outstanding game. And then Duke goes on to handily Get rid of Navy, anchors away, A-W-A-Y, 71-50, the Blue Devils over the mids, Duke on to the Final Four. In that game, David Robinson, 23 of Navy's 50. He also had 10 boards. Kyler Whitaker, the only other mid in doubles, he had 10. Navy, 19 of 48, 39.6% from the floor. Only two Blue Devils in double figures as well. Johnny Dawkins, 28. Mark Allery, 18 for the Blue Devils, who were 43.7%, 31 of 71 from the field. So Duke on to the Final Four. Now to the Midwest, very quickly. We had one ACC representative in the Midwest. We'll tell you who they were in just a second. However, Kansas, the number one seed, they easily take care of North Carolina A&T in the first round in Dayton, 71-46. They then move on to face Temple. The ninth-seeded Owls beat Jacksonville in the first round. Kansas 65, Temple 43. Kansas then moves on to the regional semis in Kansas City. They face Michigan State. Michigan State beat Washington in the first round, beat Georgetown in the second. Michigan State 80-68 over the Hoyas. Kansas then beats Michigan State 96-86 and moves on to the regional final. In the bottom, NC State, the sixth seed, goes to Minneapolis, beats Iowa 66-64, then faces... 14th seed Arkansas Little Rock. Little Rock beats Notre Dame 90-83 in the first round. Iowa State wins the 7-10 game with Miami of Ohio, 81-79. Michigan over Akron, 70-64. So NC State, Little Rock. NC State wins that regional. NC State wins that game 80-66. Iowa State then takes care of Michigan, 72-69 in the 7-2 game. So... NC State, Iowa State in the other regional semi, and the Wolfpack get it done there. 70-66, Wolfpack over the Cyclones. So we have a Kansas-NC State regional final in Kansas City, and it goes about like you might expect. Kansas 75, NC State 67, sending home the six-seeded Wolfpack. Kansas in that game, 30 of 52 from the field, 57.7%. Three double-figure Jayhawks, including Danny Manning's 22 points, Greg Dryling's 19-point, 12-rebound day, and Ron Kellogg had 12 for the Jayhawks. NC State shoots 50% from the field, 68% from the line, 17 of 25 for Wolfpack in doubles. Charles Shackelford with 20, Chris Washburn 11, Nate McMillan and Benny Bolton round those out. Bolton had 12, McMillan 11 for the Wolfpack, so Kansas the second team in the Final Four, and the second one seed in the Final Four after some wacky games leading up to that. 
the Midwest region had a 1-5-6-7 in the semis and a 1-6 final. So two more regions to tell you about and the final four. We'll do that coming up next. You're listening to Locked on ACC. More in a minute. Time for more on Locked on ACC. Glad you joined us. I am Brian Wilmer. It is April 2nd, 2020. We are in the middle of 1986, taking a look at the NCAA tournament. We have two Final Four teams already established, Duke and Kansas. Now on to the Southeast region. Kentucky, the number one seed, sent to Charlotte, where they played Davidson. Just up the road from Charlotte, actually, is Davidson. Kentucky takes care of Davidson in the battle of the Wildcats, 75-55. Kentucky advances Setting up a fun second-round game. Kentucky and Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky beats Nebraska 67-59, sending through the Hilltoppers to the second round in Charlotte. Alabama beats Xavier in the 5-12 game in Charlotte, 97-80. Illinois over Fairfield, 75-51. So you have Kentucky and Western Kentucky. The Wildcats victorious, 71-64 over their cross-state rivals. Alabama beats Illinois, 58-56. Then Kentucky-Alabama in the All-SEC Regional Semi in Atlanta. I can only imagine what that crowd must have been like. Kentucky 68, Alabama 63, sending Kentucky through to the Regional Final. In the bottom of the bracket, that gets kind of interesting. Purdue and LSU. The first game there, and we do have an ACC team down here in the bottom of the bracket, by the way. This game and this team spawned the rule change that I talked about earlier. 11-seeded LSU gets to play on its home deck for the first two days of this tournament. LSU beats Purdue 94-87. Memphis then beats Ball State in the 3-14 game, 95-63. Villanova over future ACC school, Virginia Tech, 71-62 in the 10-7 tilt. And Georgia Tech, the two-seed in Baton Rouge, beats Marist, 68-53. LSU advances on faces third-seed Memphis, and beats third-seed Memphis, 83-81 again in the Assembly Center. LSU onto the regional semi in Atlanta. They would be joined by Georgia Tech, who beat Villanova 66-61, setting up an LSU-Georgia Tech regional semi in Atlanta. So you have LSU in SEC country, Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Who wins that one? That would be LSU, the 11-seeded Tigers, 70, Georgia Tech, 64, sending Georgia Tech on the short trek home. LSU, 41.2% from the field, 14 of 19 from the line, 73.7%. Two LSU scorers in double figures, Don Redden with 27, Derek Taylor, 23 for the Tigers, who were 28 of 68 from the field. Georgia Tech gets 20 from Mark Price, 16 from Tom Hammonds, 11 from John Sally, but that not enough. Georgia Tech, 28 of 48 from the field, 58.3%, 8 of 13 from the line, 61 and a half. And down go the Yellow Jackets, setting up an all-SEC regional final in Atlanta. We had an all-SEC regional semi in Atlanta. That all-SEC regional final in Atlanta leads the 11th seed LSU over Kentucky, 59-57, sending 11-seeded LSU to the Final Four and the NCAA tournament to a much-needed rules change. Then over to the West, 
where we had two ACC schools. First, we had five-seed Maryland. We'll get to how they did in just a second. St. John's, the number one overall seed in that region. They beat Montana State 83-74 in the 116 game. They then move on to face Auburn, who beats Arizona in Long Beach on the other side of that, the 8-9 game. And then Auburn beats St. John's 81-65 for the Tigers as they advance on to the regional semi in Houston. We mentioned Maryland, the fifth-seeded Terrapins go to Long Beach. They beat Pepperdine in Long Beach 69-64. UNLV beats Louisiana Monroe in the 4-13 game, moving UNLV on to round two against Maryland. UNLV 70, Maryland 64, sending home the Terrapins and creating an 8-4 regional semi in Houston. UNLV that day, 28 of 68 from the field, 41.2%, 14 of 20 from the line, 70%. Anthony Jones, 25 points for the Rebels, also had 10 boards. Armand Gilliam, 18 points, 14 boards for UNLV, and Freddie Banks with 10 points for the running Rebels. Len Bias, 31 points, 12 boards for Maryland, joined by Keith Gatlin, who had 12 points. Current USC Upstate coach Dave Dickerson, by the way, played in that game, played two minutes. Maryland 26 of 51, 51% from the field, but not enough to knock off UNLV. So Auburn UNLV in one regional semi, the other to be determined, including ACC representative North Carolina. Get to them in just a quick second. First, six-seeded UAB over 11-seeded Missouri, 66-64 in Ogden, Utah. The Blazers move on. Carolina faces Utah, 14th-seeded Utah in Ogden. Tar Heels, 84-72 victors. Tar Heels move past the Utes into round two. Bradley over UTEP in the 7-10 game, 83-65, and Louisville beats Drexel, 93-73 in the 2-15 matchup. Louisville on to round two. Carolina then takes care of UAB 77-59 to move on to the regional semi in Houston. Louisville then beats Bradley 82-68. They would also move on to Houston. So on one side, you have Auburn-UNLV. Auburn, the eight-seeded Tigers, beat UNLV 70-63 to advance to the regional final. Their opponent would be Louisville. The Cardinals, 94-79 victors over North Carolina, sending home UNC. Louisville, 33 of 65 from the field, 50.8%. All five Cardinal starters in double figures. Billy Thompson with 24, Herbert Crook 20, Purvis Ellison 15, Milt Wagner 14, Jeff Hall 12. Big day for Louisville. They also went to the line 33 times, hit 28 of them, 84.8%. Carolina places four scorers in doubles. Joe Wolf with 20, Jeff Lebo and Brad Doherty right behind him. Doherty with 19, also at 15 boards did Doherty. Jeff Lebo, 18 points, and Kenny Smith with 12. 34 of 69 for the Tar Heels, 49.3%. 11 of 18 from the line, 61.1% for North Carolina, who gets bounced. The regional final, Louisville advances past Auburn, 84-76. Sending Louisville on to Houston and setting our final four, where we had... Two ones, a two, and an 11. The 11, however, quickly sent home Louisville 88, LSU 77. 
the dream ends for the 11th-seeded LSU Tigers. Kansas-Duke in the other national semifinal in Dallas. Duke 71, Kansas 67, eliminating the Jayhawks. Johnny Dawkins, 24 points in that game. Duke shot 45.5% from the field. So Duke and Louisville playing for the whole thing. And Denny Crum's Louisville Cardinals get the victory over Duke 72-69 in the national final on March 31st. 1986. Louisville shoots 58% from the field, 29 of 50. Purvis Ellison, 25 points, 11 boards. He was one of two Cardinals with double-doubles. Billy Thompson, 13 points. Herbert Crook, 10 points, 12 boards for the Cards. They were 14 of 21 from the line, 66.7%. Duke, led by Johnny Dawkins, another 24-point effort for the current UCF coach. Dave Henderson, 14 points. Mark Allery, 12. Tommy Amaker, 11 for the Blue Devils, who shot 40.3%, 25 of 62. 19 of 21 from the line for Duke, 90.5%. Wasn't enough. Louisville Cardinals, your 1986 national champions. Your all-tournament team, Billy Thompson of Louisville, Purvis Ellison of Louisville, and Johnny Dawkins, Mark Allery, and Tommy Amaker, all of Duke. Decent amount of ACC representation on the all-region teams. Johnny Dawkins, the most outstanding player of the East Regional. Mark Allery, his teammate, joined him there. Charles Shackelford and Chris Washburn of NC State on the Midwest all-regional teams. Mark Price of Georgia Tech on the Southeast all-region team. And Brad Doherty from North Carolina on the West all-region team. There you have it. 1986 in the World the ACC, and the NCAA. Congratulations to the national champion, Louisville Cardinals. So that brings to a close another tournament throwback edition of Locked on ACC. Just a few more of these left, but it's been fun to do, and we'll keep doing them. If you have any other ideas that you'd like to hear from us, you can tweet us. We are at Locked on ACC. You can also email us, lockedonacc at gmail.com, or you can tweet me individually. I am at sportsmatters. We would love your ideas and your feedback. Now that you've heard this program, your smart speaker's up and running, tell it to play the latest episode of Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, the latest addition to the Locked On Podcast Network. We're glad to have Chad and his show here. We think you'll like it as much as we do. So with that, until tomorrow and another tournament throwback edition of Locked On ACC, this has been 1986. Thanks for joining us. I'm Brian Wilmer. This has been Locked On ACC. We'll talk to you tomorrow.